Welcome to Merkaba Chakras, where we talk Buddhism in the fifth dimension. A Buddha is someone who's awake within the matrix and co-creating with divinity as a soul having a human experience. Each enlightened episode is dedicated to help you level up the energy field of your Merkaba. You can manifest the parallel reality that fits the best version of you. This podcast is for entertainment purposes and does not necessarily reflect the views of the host or replace any medical or legal advice. Now, let's welcome your host, author Von Galt and her guest. Welcome to another podcast episode of Merkaba Chakras. I'm your host, Vaughn Galt, and today we explore energy healing technology that uses blue light to facilitate self-healing with Mr. Mike Wright. Now, Mike, welcome to Merkaba Chakras. Hello, Vaughn. Thank you. Hi. Um, okay, so we have some very, I love covering energy healing technology um, as a modality to wellness and faster healing uh, to traditional medicine when the Western is like conventional medicine. In the East, they're used to this. They're like, do you have any other types? <laughs> it's like, we have energy. It's like, oh, what other types do you have? I'll try them all. Exactly. <laughs> you become connoisseurs of a like a, a buffet of energy healing modalities. So there's nothing crazy that that you can say that that they're like don't have 50 qu- layers of questions to to understand it even further. Um, so before we dig into that, can you tell us your story for how you got into this work with Miss Jay Z and Dr. Massey Martinez and the Blue Room? Yes, of course. Um, well, I already knew Jay-Z and uh, Dr. Matt from a prior relationship. I have been working for Jay-Z uh, as both an administrator and a teacher at Ramtha School of Enlightenment. Jay-Z Knight is the channel of Ramtha and has been for 40 plus years. And she uh, has a school down here in uh, lower western Washington in Yelm. Uh, at the time, in 2015, uh, Matt was Jay-Z's personal physician, and uh, she mentioned to him in some of her out-of-body time or timelessness that she had been uh, receiving information on a particular healing technology uh, from the realm that she was visiting beyond the light and mm-hmm. the beings that she interacted with there. And she described it to him as they had given her the information, and she said, what do you think? And he said, great, I've got a spare treatment room in my clinic. Let's build one and see what happens. That's that's (laughs) the spirit. That's the spirit. I like to hear that instead of, oh, what are people going to think about us? Or, oh, I don't know if it's going to work. Just go for it. Why not? You got nothing to lose. I didn't find out. And and his his reasoning was, he said, look, we'll, we'll get somebody to build it. Because uh, I've got a spare room in my clinic, and then I'll take my, you know, my chiropractic patients that are coming in for, you know, crash injuries or work-related injuries, and they're on disability, and so the state's paying for their treatment, 
and my hands, I know these people because I see mm-hmm. them like twice a week. So right. I'll, put them, I'll put them in the blue room first, and then I'll bring them onto my treatment table, and my hands will tell me if it's doing anything. And so he did that for about three weeks, uh, ran a bunch of patients through, and he's like, oh, you really got something here. They're, they hold the, their adjustments longer. They have less pain. They're easier to adjust. They're not in so much tension. So my hands are telling me the difference from what this person is without the blue room. And it really sets them in the right mental mood as well as the physiological state to be receptive and to hold the adjustments longer. And I'm just seeing incredible improvements. So you should definitely go forward with that. So uh, Jay-Z contacted me. She said, set up a little company, file for a patent, get a trademark. Let's make something here. Keep it small and simple and uh, let's get it out to the world. And so we did that in 2015. Nice, nice. Now, um, Mike, what is your specific engineering and business background? Uh, a little of everything. I'm I'm a generalist. I I uh, spent ten years in the Air Force in the '80s as an F-16 pilot, and uh, my my primary training was in physics. And then I got out of the Air Force and uh, actually moved to the Washington State area to be a part of the school because I was a, a spiritual journeyer all my life, a seeker in all kinds of methodologies. And uh, when I first came up. Uh, I was doing energy practice. I was teaching Tai Chi and Qigong, acupressure. And and I just walked into this, you know, unusual horse barn where this woman, Jay-Z Knight, I came to learn, was channeling a 35,000-year-old ascended being. And I thought, i got to check this out. And I just, I walked in and I said, I want to feel this entity's energy. I do energy work. If this is a real thing, I'll know it. And I, I knew it right away. It's like, oh, this is for real. And so I stayed and uh, I developed my business training in the city of Olympia and with other private enterprise, eventually was hired by Jay-Z's company on the business side and then was eventually uh, put on the teaching team by Rantha. So a very eclectic background on my part. No, it sounds very normal. You'd be surprised. (laughs) I have a background in the Air Force as well, not directly, but as a spouse of the Air Force. So. I'm familiar with the Air Force, but the the thing that caught my attention in what you said is that you like just like walked in. So what? What did you just like parked your car? Was walking through the park, and all of a sudden you just felt the energy of this barn and decided to walk in it. I mean, what what was well, it I, about I, the barn? It wasn't the barn so much as um, my last duty station in the Air Force was at Davis Monthan Air Force Base down in Tucson. Mm-hmm. And and as I was on my terminal leave, waiting for all of my benefits to expire and using up all my vacation pay, I had a little uh, personal retreat at a school of self-reliance in the Superstition Mountains outside of Phoenix. Mm-hmm. And while I was there, I uh, I saw a, a video sitting on the bookcase. It said Ramtha. And I was like, what is that? Ramtha, Ramtha. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's, that's channeling. That's I've never experienced that. So I put the video in and was like fascinated. So I got back. And uh, called up to the school and said, you know, what, what, what? And they said, well, come up here next May. We have a beginning introductory class. And then you can, you know, decide if you want to continue with the training or not. So I did. And uh, it wasn't the energy of the barn or the arena so much as when when Ramtha walked in and took the stage, 
and just, you know, looked around the room. And I, you know, he put his eyes on me, him, uh, in her body. And that mm-hmm. took me a while to sort that out. But I didn't really care because I could feel a shift in the energy in my body, in the environment, as I had, you know, trained for decades in the martial arts and in the oriental arts of energy manipulation and energy awareness. And I'd been taught by masters of various martial arts, so I knew what's possible. And this was an order of magnitude more powerful, just watching this being standing there making eye contact. And so I was like, I got to stick around and, you know, like really dive into this. So I stayed. Yeah. Well, that's fascinating. And, you know, the the interesting thing about um, your military background, which is, you know, I go through and I look at the demographics and kind of what are the common interest factors of the people that follow the show through the different networks. And um, there's actually a very good amount of overseas military men and women who are really interested in metaphysics. And I think that's because of where they're, they're stationed. But then also there's that X factor of that curiosity factor as well in metaphysics. Oh, yeah. And so, um, you know, they're usually one of the first, well, I'll try it. Why not? I'm bored here anyways. And out of, exactly. <laughs> I'm bored on Liberty. I'm bored in station. So I'll try it. So there's a good, healthy curiosity um, as well when it comes to metaphysics. So your background is actually extremely normal. Many of them go into um, into business and engineering as well from from that background. So um, completely, completely normal. Um, but so let's talk about Rantha, just the people who are have no idea who Rantha is and the School of Enlightenment. So you say... And Miss JC says that Rantha is a 35,000 year old ascended master. So I'm going to give some basic background information of what a quote, quote, ascended master is. It's just basically a human being that's incarnated in the physical plane, like you and I, who has ascended their personal frequency up a certain level of consciousness that they basically have dominion over the matrix and can pop in and out and do a lot of just, it seems like super extraordinary things but we all have that ability we just haven't reached that christ consciousness that uh, that level of consciousness where we can manipulate and kind of have a more um fluid engagement with physical reality that's like so rantha would be in this realm in buddhism as buddha yeshua ben yosa yashua um in some some places um Kuan Yin, Tara, et cetera, et cetera. These are ascended masters who are humans that have reached a certain level of consciousness that they basically have dominion. Just like the Bible says, you have dominion over everything. You just have to reach that level of consciousness and they are able to do that. So he became an ascended master about 35,000 years ago. Do you know anything about kind of, uh, it's a he, right? Yes. Okay, do you know anything about his background if in the culture that he as he had his ascension at? Like what culture? Well, his his story, uh, it was at a time that uh the continent of Lemuria and the continent of Atlantis, what he called Atlantia, were both still above the surface of the water. It was a time of earth changes, much like we're on the cusp of once again. And uh he was um an immigrant from this coastal region who traveled with other refugees because of the earth changes down the coast, crossed over uh, the Mexico uh, 
uh, isthmus there into the basin of the Caribbean, which at the time was much more shallow, mm-hmm. and uh, the, uh, the continent of Atlantis was more visible. And so he was of the Lemurian culture. His mother was Lemurian. And uh, the Lemurian culture had millennia of history as a spacefaring culture and species from elsewhere that had col- had scientific colonies here in this specific Northwest area that we know of today. And the Atlantean culture was uh, a colony in what we call the Atlantic now. They were from a different uh, ancestry, uh, again, of scientists and technicians who had uh, space, interplanetary, interstellar travel capabilities. And due to the Earth changes that were taking place at that time, contact with the uh, the off-worlders was lost. And those that remained became uh, refugees and had to deal with basic survival. And he continued his journey up through the northern regions of Europe and ultimately down into the isthmus uh, of the Indus River Valley, where he settled with uh, his many followers, his army, um, and became the origins of the myth of Rama and the Hindu language. He was a human being, out and out. His uh, his father was Atlantian, so he was a, technically a half-breed, if you will. Half-breed of what? Half-breed. His mother was Lemurian, and his father was from was Atlantian. And what is it? So, elation as in Atlantis? So, what is he as like? In, as in what we call Atlantis or Atlantis. Okay. So, so he, he was cross cultural in a way. So, right. his mother is like, so, like, so uh, in the Buddhist tradition, we have these very rich folklores of the Mu civilization or what you would call Lemuria. We have it in our artwork in many, many different temples. I've seen many of them because my mother. And my father have sponsored renovation of artwork in many of these Buddhist temples throughout Southeast Asia. And art is um, is not just art, but it is basically um, documentation of the culture, the folklores and the culture and kind of the history, oral history in art because people become illiterate. The only way to transfer knowledge is through teaching folklore or yes. through artwork. And, and the artwork itself ha- uh, says teaches you everything. I've, I've written two Buddhist mandalas books talking about this from basic Buddhist mandala studies in the monasteries. So I want to kind of get, get grasp this idea a little bit more about Rantha, and this will kind of help people to understand how consciousness technology, like the Blue Room, uh, affects themselves on a physical level by working on the energetic um, level. So, um, So really quick, the Pacific Northwest, according to the background of this Ascended Master Rantha, was part of the the Mu Lemurian continent on the Pacific coast or the Pacific Ocean, right? Yes, at that time. Okay, at that time. And so he had, so there was a catastrophe of, in folklore, they call it a mega flood. So, and there was, and then there was many, many more mega floods, but um the uh, the folklores say that the continent stayed up for quite a while it just got shrunken over time from different catas- catastrophes but it was it like one big catastrophe or do you know anything more about that of why he became a refugee well the land where we inhabit today as the Oregon Washington coast the Pacific Northwest 
uh, at that time was part of the larger continent of Lemuria. And, and as the changes happened, um, this area became flooded. I can't speak for the far coast, you know, that would have been, you know, further to the west. Uh, mm-hmm. And the, the, with the Southeast Asian culture and the versions that do- come from there. Um, but because of that, they lost contact with the off-worlders and they had to, they had to flee to survive. And the elders went down uh, with, you know, with the land and they stayed. Um, uh, but the younger people moved and, and might emigrated to, uh, to, to uh, survive. Right. And- right. So the, right. So they went from the Pacific ocean over to the Northwest and then eventually moved down to the Caribbean. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh-huh. Right. Right. And because um, Lemuria was quite large of a civilization, it's a huge landmass and continent according to the folklores. And in your account from Rafa, through the channelings that has come through through Miss um, Jay Z, that happens to be the case as well. Um, but why did the ETs or extraterrestrials, if you want to call them off-world people, um, why did they completely cut off contact? I mean, at some point, civilization rebuilt itself. Why did they reestablish contact with with their people? Well, I'll suggest you ask them. <laughs> ah, okay. All right. No worries. No worries. I know the whole story. <laughs> all right. All right. I just just kind of curious to. Um, I'm just providing a synopsis. <laughs> yeah. That. No worries. So, um, and the other thing about about that as well. Um, so Rantha is basically, I don't know, Asian. Westerner, <laughs> so. uh, not so much, Shimon. I mean, w- we have our modern cultural context of the various uh, races according to uh, genetics, uh, genotypes, skin colors, bone structure, and so on. Yeah, but, what do they look like? The, well, according you know? to Rafa, they were much taller. Uh, like how tall? Uh, anywhere from seven to nine feet tall. Uh, mm-hmm. The atmosphere was different at that time. The you know the Earth was a little bit different uh, thirty five thousand years ago. There's not a lot of remnants uh, that uh, speak to this, but there are some. And certainly the modern archaeology uh, field of inquiry, which was originated by the Royal Society of Britain to go and prove the truth of the Christian Bible by finding artifacts. And if it didn't match the story they were trying to prove the truth of, it, you know, got set aside someplace and not popularized. But that's a whole other topic. <laughs> In any well, case- well, you 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 sent a bunch of third dimensional people to find fifth dimensional artifacts. No, oh, I'm talking about physical first dimensional artifacts, tangible artifacts. Uh-huh. That, you know, that that just didn't support the narrative they were looking to, uh, you know, to reinforce. Mm. So. But again, that's a whole so, other. So that's my No, I no, I totally understand that. Uh, uh, in Southeast Asian culture, we uh, we keep artifacts that are like about giants and um, ancient civilizations that aren't recorded in the West. That's why sometimes yeah. when 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 Westerners come across materials of Macabre Chakras podcast and they're going, "What? <laughs> Yahshua is Yeshua ben Yosef and Miriam Mary Magdala is Miriam her his yeah. girlfriend and husband and they had kids and husband you and know wife. husband yeah, and wife kids. and they had kids and you know and it, that, that that alone is mind blowing and it's like yeah 
and now <laughs> so I, I i completely understand where you're <laughs> yeah yeah open yourself up a little bit more it's okay it's okay it's all the same it's all the same we all go to the same place it's all the same and um and there's there's more than there's more ways um back home than 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 one but um that's really interesting so the 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 question with this is they they they're humanoid looking human right they're human looking Yes. They have yes. different skin colors. They did. Uh, Rampton's story is a, that there were five races here that had colonized, recolonized the planet after a previous episode of catastrophic change. Mm-hmm. And five different locations on the planet where different space-faring civilizations set up scientific uh, laboratories to uh, re- create a regenesis project, both with uh, humans and other animals and other plant forms to uh, reinvigorate this beautiful planet once again after a previous episode of cyclical uh, disasters that we call disasters, but is just part of the evolution of, you know, Gaia, the planet, or Terra, and a part of the evolution of the sun as, you know, so, yes, there were uh, dark-skinned people, there were red-skinned people, there were cinnamon-skinned people like the Southeast Asians, uh there were what about about blue because that's that was there any blue blue entities as well no there was blue because blue is blue keeps the blue skin humans uh or humanoid they keep coming up in folklore that's why i asked that because they're also shown in depictions of ancient artwork in many many monasteries as well so um a seafaring race intergalactic had come here for a research project to basically start off a, a new colony of peoples, basically resettled. Now, was there a reason why they resettled to Earth? I mean, they, or were they escaping some kind of like galactic war, or were they just kind of curious? I mean, is there like a reason why the resettlement it, initiative? It was an environment that supported life and evolution. Mm. So, okay. you know, it was available uh, to an environment to work in to allow, you know, evolution to continue. Awesome. So they're, so they're, they're following it. Are they following their curiosity or is there a, like a, the initiative that is prompted by source to do uh, that? Uh, well, do you know about that? I, I hesitate to get too far into detail. You and I might have different, I'll say uh, vocabulary to discuss the same topic, but. Oh, go ahead. Go, go ahead. Explain yeah. it. So the ultimately, all of us came from source, the void. Right, right. And all of us have the same uh, mission or purpose, which is to grow and expand and make known the unknown of ourselves so that we can evolve and contribute to this marvelous, broad uh, adventure that we call life in all of its forms. And so the answer is yes, yes, and yes. Great. <laughs> yeah, there's no, there's no contradiction there. That's exactly uh, it. Bing, bing, bing. Yeah. <laughs> so good. Yeah, that's exactly that's exactly it. Pretty simple. Um, so that's what you guys got from Rantha. Awesome. So now let's fast forward. Rantha comes through basically after the last cycle of Earth, which in Buddhism, 2555 is 2012. Ooh, the infamous 2012. And that's the 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 next cycle of her spiritual involvement into some people call it the fifth dimension. Some people call it the fourth dimension. Some people call it new earth, whatever you want to call it. doesn't matter. It's another, it's a whole nother cycle. 
um, it's a higher vibrating cycle. And um, so he has come in at this time and he picked Jay-Z. Why did he pick Jay-Z to be the one that he is going to channel this information and do this work through? All right. So in his day, as he gained uh, notoriety um, and his whole mission was to conquer tyranny because he had been a part of a culture that was enslaved by a technological culture, and he rebelled as a teenager against the oppression of that dominant culture. Is this the Lemuria or is this Atlantis? Uh, or know something different? The Atlanteans were highly technological and uh, very intellectual, and they had uh, little care or interest in the Lemurian culture which was a more spiritual, intuitive culture that maintained their direct connection to source and didn't require technology to, you know, do what needed to be done because they had direct access. So they didn't mm. need an intermediary of technology and intellect. Sounds like a very familiar, uh, <laughs> familiar uh, narrative that's going on. <laughs> yes, indeed it is. It's a familiar story. Um, so at that time, um, as, as he and his followers uh, continued to march and uh, conquer tyrants uh, along their journey, uh, he was given uh, uh, children uh, to take into the care of his army and his, his household. He never bore any children of his own, uh, but he adopted many, many children that were um, orphaned or, or uh, left or lost. And uh, the first that he adopted was a young girl called Ramaya. And mm. that was Jay-Z Knight in his lifetime. Oh, so, so Jay-Z is a reincarnation of Ramaya. Yes. Ah, so, so they have do they have a contract? Uh, I'm not like, sure what you mean by contract, but I'll, oh, I'll just summarize it like this. Um, when, when Ramaya came of age and Ramtha was going to marry her off to one of his generals, she said, no way. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> I'm a fighter and I want to take up a sword and, you know, lead an army like you do. Yeah. And I don't want to, you know, stay behind. She cut off her hair. She went and hid. She got, you know, if you know the story in uh, Lord of the Rings uh, mm. of the shield maiden that, you know, hid herself and, and went and marched instead of stay behind. That's yeah. a type story of okay. the warrior woman. And so um, he told her near the end of his departure and ascension that one day she would lead an army and fulfill mm. her destiny and her dream. And then he left and she waited as did many people at that time. And he didn't return in that time, but he worked with her um, from his ascended state over multiple incarnations to prepare for this incarnation. Because before his departure, he, communed with all of his people there on the Indus River and told them about where he had been uh, beyond uh, the light, beyond the flesh, and took his body with him in front of them and ascended his physical body for, and left. Uh, and where did he go when he was gone? Elsewhere. <laughs> First, he spent 200 years being the wind here on planet Earth because he okay. really was fascinated by the wind. Mm -hmm. And then... Uh, um, he, uh, he then went on to the other realms and has had many adventures thereon. Ah, okay. He said, but he made a promise to his people that one day, because uh, they were tired of marching and they just wanted to have kids and, you know, plant food and eat. and well, enjoy sure. Why and not? They were yeah. tired of marching after all those decades. Uh -huh. said, hey, I'll come back for you when you're ready to learn more about this. 
So he's keeping his promise. And he he reappeared to Jay-Z in 1977. And this time she's leading the army, ostensibly, uh, the in business form, as it were, uh, yeah. and cool. And he uses her body rather than come in his own because he wants to demonstrate that divinity can uh, come through a woman. And you mm-hmm. mentioned in earlier in your list of ascended beings. Here in the West, we don't have any female ascended beings. We don't recognize any like they do in the Oriental cultures. So Yeah, there's Tara, there's Maya, Buddha's mother, there's Kuan Yin, there's Miriam of Magdala. Yeah, but very few people recognize her as an ascended being. That's not how the conventional story goes. Well, maybe the West <laughs> needs to catch up to the East because she is Absolutely. ascended. Absolutely. That's why the school is here in the West. <laughs> right. That's okay. Um, so, so okay, so that's the connection between Miss Jay Z and this being Rantha. And yes. so, is for for those who are wondering, is this possession of a jinn? What do you want to say to that? This, this concept it, of channeling. Uh, I'd say first off, uh, no, it's not possession. It's more like uh, you know a loner. Um, it's willful. Uh, Rantha can't force Jay-Z out of her body. She has to agree to abdicate so that he can borrow it. And it's like lending your car to a good friend. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, it's not like getting your car stolen. And and the other thing is that back in 1978, when Rantha first appeared, 77, 78, nobody was using the term channeling. Right. Mediums and spirit guides and, you know, uh, sleeping prophets, Edgar Cayce, uh, but the 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 connection, the bridge was the medium. And Jay-Z had a hard time understanding what Ramtha meant and what her role was. And he said, you're a channel. That means you abdicate. Your spirit goes elsewhere. And my mind uses your body to communicate. And now we can all understand that in the same way that a wireless phone works. Uh, right. but in 1977, that was a challenging concept because there's it was limited technology other than the radio that could pick up an outside frequency and play it. Um, and so, but because Ramtha became immensely popular in, throughout the early 80s, a lot of people that used to be uh, medium switched over to being channels and channeling all kinds of stuff because it was uh, the thing to do. 80s was a real revolution in the Western spiritual um, culture. So now everybody talks about channeling, but that doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, you're, you've got a, a pure source uh, where somebody actually abdicates and has no conscious recollection because they're not around. So there no, there's no intervening interpretation. Um, it's literally like, you know, giving your phone to somebody else. Right. And, and, and you're not making the call for them and repeating what they want to say to the caller. Right. Right. Um, so it, exactly. They actually have this, um, like in Buddhism, this is this has been a very old practice. They do it in deep meditation or what you in the modern world would call hypnosis. Deep hypnosis is deep meditation. And basically, like if you wanted to communicate with um of anybody within existence, like in all existence, past, present, future, parallel timelines, different dimensions, source itself, your your dead dogs, consciousness, anybody within existence. You get into a deep meditated state, you connect to stories, and then basically it's almost like a, a internet web where you just kind of go think about the person, and then if if they want to, then you make that connection, and then um, 
you you ask your questions to get your answers but it what it what 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 it feels like it just feels like yourself but not yourself talking it feels like almost like the body snatchers for some for some people because some people have such a good connection that like the 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 voice the mannerism of the other person actually does come through um and they literally just kind of bench their consciousness for a little bit to allow their body the communication vessel like you said a cell phone or a radio to communicate the information that they need and then they just take it back um but they can never really take over the source because the source the original person it, it's their body they can always take it back when it, if they feel like they can snap out of it anytime they want um that's why when you're in deep meditation or deep hypnosis if you just want to just snap out of it or you see something that that kind of startles you just wake up and you come back into yourself it's the same exact thing but i really like the analogy of the cell phone and the radio um the radio as a mode of communication our bodies are modes of communication and uh, when you see it and you understand that we're all connected we're all one in a in a higher higher level per se um then and all that's coming through is the consciousness the energy the spirit of whatever you're talking to that's popping in, then it's almost like a, what they call a walk-in. Similar to a walk-in, right? Uh, uh, yeah. Well, walk-ins usually stay permanently, you know, when the soul is completely let go of their body. I, I, I just, the issue is vocabulary and how people understand the terms. So I'll say, yeah, sort of. <laughs> okay. So, okay. So in, in, in completely pure channeling, um, there's a, literally an abdication, a death process taking place where the spirit or consciousness of the person who was born to that body leaves, goes through the tunnel of light, goes to the beyond, and and some other spirit consciousness entity with permission takes over the body and brain and uses it as if it was their own for a mm -hmm. while. And there mm -hmm. are marked physiological chains that are measurable when, when you have that kind of uh, complete abdication and um, loner of, the, of the, uh, the body, the voice and the brain to another entity because our consciousness alters our body all the time. Right. To abdicate your body completely is basically as if you were dying and somebody else, some other entity takes it up their consciousness is going to alter the body's functions mm -hmm. and produce measurable changes in a number of metabolic and uh, electromagnetic ways that would be measurable by technology if the person was, if the body was hooked up. So right. not everybody who claims to be channeling is necessarily a, you know, a pure channel in that regard. Mm -hmm. They like you said they may get into a slightly benched or detached state and allow some other, uh, data source to come through but th there's a whole spectrum right so right I'll leave it at that. all right awesome um fascinating i love it i love the backstory that that is a really good backstory i enjoyed that okay so the backstory brings us to the technology that you're sitting in which is the blue room yes okay and the whole point of that whole backstory is to get the pool which is the blue room to get people to wellness and to get them on their path to their spiritual evolution so that they can raise their frequency into 
basically all eventually at some point in their incarnation become an ascended master if they choose to. Is that correct? That's no. A, that's a, no. Okay. What's the what's the down what's the what's the intent? I mean, if that's what you want it to do for you, it will do that for you. Um, so the blue room is an environment that puts the brain, the neocortices, uh, the location of our personality and our stimulus response to the environment mechanisms, puts that part of the brain into stasis or neutral. Mm -hmm. So like you were talking about deep meditation or hypnosis techniques, this is a piece of technology that induces those states mm -hmm. very rapidly. And, and that allows the uh, mind of the individual to have a respite and some relief from whatever their day-to-day -day troubles are, whether they're mental troubles, emotional troubles, or physiological, physical manifestations of those influences. So in coming back from elsewhere, source, mm -hmm. uh, the person experiences the rush of the endorphins, the release of the tension, the metabolic uh, changes that eliminate or greatly reduce pain perception for 24 to 48 hours. And so they get to experience uh, that slightly detached state of being aware that they're aware, but they're not being stressed out by what they're aware of, whether right. it's body or issues in the environment. And so that engenders in people who are not used to this sort of mind state, a sense of hope that there's an ability to improve their condition because they're not a, constantly experience it. They're, they get a, a respite from, from all of that uh, stress. Right, right. You know, the thing the thing that keeps coming to mind for me with when it comes to Rantha's mission to work with Jay-Z during this reincarnation cycle, at this time when you don't know if it's going to be taking place in a decades or in a hundreds of year or a hundred year because nobody really knows this cycle, what's going to happen. It's unfolding in real time. Um, there's probabilities, but the thing that keeps coming to mind for me is that um, it's just basically coming to help transition people to the um the higher reality where we become not necessarily seafaring again but intergalactic again and in order to play in a bigger chessboard with much more sophisticated players who have evolved their consciousness to higher and higher dimensions um everybody has to kind of work on themselves to get themselves up there it's like you can't yeah. play here if you get if you don't meet the the basic yeah, frequency that's allowed. Absolutely, that is absolutely uh, spot on. Okay, so that's the overall mission. Well, I mean, that's the that's it. They're working towards. That's for those that are interested in that. Yes. Okay. Uh, but in order to get to that level of personal interest, most people have to get past uh, their lacks, their limitations, their anger, their guilt, their shame, their doubt, their parents their whatever blame of something other than taking responsibility for everything in their life because they understand this isn't their only incarnation. That's yeah. a big step for a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly all the ascended masters of the past and the press, maybe the present have shown us our potential. It reminds me of Star Trek. There's this character in Star Trek called Q. Q. <laughs> And he comes from Q Collective, and they just have—they're basically a, a, a population of ascended beings, but they're very curious about humans because at some point in the humans' incarnation, um, their 
they're uh, under the biggest underdog. Somehow they surpassed the Q Collective in their wisdom and their um, abilities that that they look up to the humans. Like, how did you guys be so much more awesome than us? So it makes you kind of wonder why uh, they keep on working with humans. Though, you know, what's our what is our potential? So, but at first, we got to get through our our own hangups. So. To help people understand the sound and light frequencies in the Blue Room technology, let's watch a brief video from one of your researchers of the Blue Room, Dr. Anna Mikalia or? Mihalcha. Mihalcha, thank you. (laughs) She has has a name that is hard for me to to say. Um, Dr. Anna Mihalcha, and she is actually, she's an MD and also has a PhD in medicine as well. So let's watch the clip really quick. Is it possible to rejuvenate you? Do you think you can reverse diseases that are causing your aging? Do you know that your spirit and physical body are light? In a light medicine understanding, we can say, yes, you can regenerate your body. Since our atomic structures are made of light, We can utilize light in conjunction with combination therapies to facilitate greater levels of health and well-being. In fact, our cells can use electricity, light, and sound as energy sources. By working with molecules that give off electricity to the body, using light, for example, of the blue, and sounds of healing frequency, we can enhance the energy in the cells needed for repair and restoration. Light medicine is a new paradigm describing the science of light, spirit, and longevity. The ultimate medicine is light. And we just watched the clip. <laughs> uh, that I love the explanation. That that makes it really easy for people to understand and kind of wrap their minds around this. So, um, is there anything that you want to add that uh, Miss J C wants to add in terms of explanation with this uh, light and sound medicine technology? Sure. Um, I think one of the things that helps people grasp the technology is that it's not just blue light. It's not just the ultraviolet component. It's not just a sound therapy system. It's not just uh, mirrors or the geometry or the sacred geometry ratios. It's all of them and more. You don't have to report everything in the patent that has been incorporated to create an environment around the couch that 
and I'll say this for your for your viewers because please I think, be honest with me, but don't worry. There's nothing you're going to blow my mind on. So just get no, in. No, because I, think I want you to blow blow our mind. Viewers can grasp this. Is yeah. that even we're very though, advanced. Even though the body is laying on the couch, the environment that's induced around the couch in a 20 minute session transports uh, the entity, the consciousness, the soul being. Elsewhere. And where is elsewhere? To the other side of the light. Okay. So, and what's on the other side of the light? Whatever they want? Well, there's life on the other side of the light, the level of light. The light is not the end point destination in, in incarnations. And I'll just leave it at that. So no, but, but I want to uh, we want to I want to know, and I know the uh the audience will want to know what have some of the if they want to go and find a blue room practice to go and try themselves yeah. they want to at least understand what other people has experienced and they know not everybody's going to have the same experience so okay, what so have some I'll, of the participants I'll, I'll, said I'll, I'll, is on the other side yeah i'll build up to it then just okay lay a foundation we're in the physical realm here mm -hmm. and every all all the other realms support this realm in building up to gross material reality of three dimensions of space and the journey of linear time as we have come to understand it uh, which is very limited. And then mm -hmm. just beyond this level is what some um, some cultures describe as the Akashic or the astral plane. Uh, if you use the, uh, Ramtha uses the electromagnetic spectrum as a model for describing the levels of reality. So the physical realm is the lowest, largest, slowest energetic realm that corresponds to the radio portion of the spectrum in Hertz. Right. And Slightly faster than our physical realm is the infrared realm, which includes high band radio, infrared technology. Uh, Terra, terahertz? Is it higher than terahertz? Uh, I'm not going to do numbers today. Oh, okay. <laughs> no worries. Yeah. <laughs> Just curious. So you can you can use uh, infrared vision, infrared sensing technology, and you can process the infrared, and it's a higher frequency than the radio spectrum, the low the low zone. Right. And and, and some people have reported that because it's inverse and dark is light and light is dark and it's kind of gloomy and they think, oh, that must be hell or that must be where the jinns or the, the demons hang out. No, that's just the next faster level of frequency. And then faster than that is the visible light portion that we see. And that corresponds to the realm of the light realm, where people go for the light review, where the Akashic record is stored, mm -hmm. uh, the collective memory and the halls of learning and beyond that moving up in frequency beyond light and many cultures you know kind of stop at the light and send you back um which is fine um there are several other realms of consciousness and energy that go all the way back to source right and those realms are not polarized so there's not polarity of good and bad, uh, left and right, male and female, all of the factors that we have in those lower, slower, more dynamic environments uh, from the light. To it's the, just pure energy. Uh, well, it's consciousness and energy, but it's not polarized. Mm -hmm. so it's that neutral mind state, mm -hmm. that detached mind state that we experience in a, in a deep trance or a deep meditation. Right. right. You're, you're not thinking. You're aware that you're aware, but there's that level of detachment that of mindfulness of being absolutely present in an eternal now. Right. And that is a blue realm. It's faster than visible light. And before you lose 
the ultraviolet component where we can't see with our eyes, there's this blue ultraviolet violet zone. And that is the realm of non-polarized, non-temporal consciousness and energy beings. Mm -hmm. And when we drop into that state or through, you know, deep meditation or hypnosis or, you know, certain chemicals or induce it in the blue room environment, then we get that reboot, that mental reboot and refreshing of having that moment of stasis that lets us know that we're more than just our day-to-day stimulus and response in emotion and chemistry. Right. You're, um, it's a non-local consciousness that um, has is void of ego, a void, of, void of identity. Well, it has an identity, but it's a much more abstract identity than we think yeah. of here. Void uh, of polarized identity, male, all right, female. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah. All right. And, is and it so, the void? It's beyond the void? No, it's, it's beyond, not beyond the void. It is nirvana, in, in essence, the Buddhist concept it, of nirvana. It is. Uh, I'll say it's reasonably close to the descriptions I have read and experienced of nirvana. Yeah. Because it sounds like it to me, the way you're describing it, it sounds like the Buddhist notion of, of nirvana. Source code. The source code environment with 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 and of source. Super. Because that's I told you, you're not going to blow my mind. Keep coming. It, those states are what allow us to rewrite the program. Right. That alters the brain, that alters the metabolic condition in the body, reprograms the DNA, and heals the body of its ills or its stresses, or at the very least, starts somebody da- further down the healing path than they were prior to. And uh, unfortunately, we come out of it. And after a couple of days, it's like, well, we're back to the same environment. And we find ourselves falling back into the same attitudes. And, you know, oftentimes we need that medication from those physicians to protect our bodies until we can get our head right. So, right. Right. You know, that kind of reminds me of Dr. David R. Hawkins. He actually, of of the map of consciousness, and he would measure the through kinesiology, the energy level of different individuals up to a scale to a thousand, according to his research at the time, um, the human body could only handle up to a thousand. That's basically the level of enlightenment of Buddha, Yahshua, um, et cetera, et cetera. Krishna, all that, uh, Shiva, et cetera. So Kuan Yin, whatever. Um, the, the list goes on, but the thing is, is that um, that that is exactly why he said in his life work that the most important thing you could do for yourself and also for humanity, because we're all interconnected is to reach the highest level of enlightenment that you possibly can. And basically go back to, go back to source, go back to God, go back to Nirvana, whatever you want to call it, just go beyond and go back and, uh, and, and reach that. And because you reach that, you affect all of humanity because we're all connected. So, all the people who are the highest frequency affect this. He has certain ratio, like one offsets like a million people of who's negative and, you know, on and on. But that's basically the, the best thing that you could possibly do. And you're just describing exactly his work, but in a different way. Yes. Yeah, so what, you know, and what's, what's essential in all of this is doing it. However you do it, it doesn't matter how you do it. It's that you challenge yourself to overcome your personal limitations that were self-induced to learn something and you gain the wisdom of it and say, okay, I'm done with that. Now I'm going to do something greater. And that is, you know, that's the journey of the master. That's the journey of, of 
bringing heaven to earth, of bringing Christ and God to God, man, God, woman, realized, not getting out of here, not escaping from this world. This world is our, you know, it's our testing ground for yeah. skill and our mind. And when we do that, yes, we do affect everybody because they look at us and go, well, Jesus, he could do that. I could do that. Well, that, that's how you, that's how you, peer learning is one of the most effective learning, peer exactly. learning. Gosh, if, if my brother could do that, I could do that because he's kind of <laughs> like, Ooh, he's kind of, you know, loose up there, but, but that's totally understandable. Have any of the participants ever used an EEG or Curlian uh, oral photography, any kind of um, tool to kind of benchmark what's happening to them as they're going through the Blue Room, Blue Room experience? We haven't used those two particular technologies. Uh, we've used uh, Kortikov's uh, GDV gas discharge, um, which is similar to Kirlian. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've used uh, a number of other uh, uh, blood analyses uh, to to uh, you know to compare befores and afters. Mm-hmm. We, have, we have a researcher right now down in South America who's going to be using the. Uh, uh, meridial, meridi, meridional, meridian electrodermal uh, system. Uh, mm. uh, she's she's setting she's working on her master's thesis, and she's a Blue Room owner, and uh, so she's got her advisor uh, up to speed on the Blue Room technology, and she's going to run a cohort of sixty um, patients through the study, right. check, take the readings before and after to get a, a spot analysis. Uh, most of the work that we have done, uh, we've relied on uh, people who have existing documented medical conditions that mm-hmm. they're under the care of a specialist. Good. Got their, we've got their records before mm-hmm. they incorporate Blue Room sessions into their treatment protocol mm-hmm. a couple of times a week. And then they continue with their specialist treatment or their primary care providers and provide follow-up reports on labs or assessments. So we we leave the the hard data work to people that are not at all associated uh, with the Blue Room, and um, and then we have our research physicians who do do the interviews of the folks and and do the write-ups. Oh, that's exciting. Oh, I can't wait to see that research when you guys finish it. You know, the other thing that keeps coming up in my mind for understanding um, relativity when it comes to consciousness um, and spiritual evolution, it's like, because from what you were saying um, in terms of um, what's going on in our life and how it, you know, it, it can feel, you go to the blue room, you have this wonderful experience and you come back a couple of days, you go back into old patterns. The thing is, is that um, there's a perspective that uh, incarnating or for the first time or reincarnating a, a second or go, a main go around in earth is like the slave planet, this hell experiences, you know, all these negative perspectives about being down here because it's not heaven on earth. It's not paradise. Well, to be honest with you, the way to see it on a spiritual level from a Buddhism perspective, and I would like to get your understanding and perspective from from this, doing this work, when it comes to this perspective, because they're like, oh, it's so great. It's all, it's all hunky-dory in the blue room. And they come back and it's just, everything sucks still. Um, you know, you, you, you haven't changed your perspective. So it's like the analogy that comes to mind that I say about this when it comes to spiritual development is like, when you are struggling with kindergarten basics, okay, 
how not to throw sand at each other, how to share, how to have boundaries so that you don't get taken advantage of everybody takes your crayons, you know, all the basic lessons. It's going to seem difficult and it's going to seem like school sucks so bad. You never want to go to school again. Okay. Especially since all the kids aren't as maybe as integrous as you would like because everybody's going through their lessons as well. But then you, you you eventually grow up and you go to the next grade, the next grade, and the next grade, and they all build on each other, just like Miss AZ in all her different lifetimes, build on each other to get to this point where she can carry out her full mission to have an army of um or a legion of energy healers for her practice or for this practice. So um to help raise the consciousness of the people that, that is involved. So if you just look at it from the perspective of a kindergartner or at the grade level that you're at, of course, it's going to seem like it sucks and school sucks, Earth school sucks. But if you look at it from a wider scope as everything builds on each other and the resources that there are all around you, but you just have to know how to use it and, and work on it. OK, you ask for help. You know how to work with synchronicities. You know how to work with your angels, your sending masters. Your, and there's a whole posse that you don't ask about. But anyways, if you work on it and you raise your consciousness up higher and higher and higher, you eventually get to the ascended mastery and, and, and beyond experience. But you can't always in kindergarten pop into a college class to see what that's like, pop into a high school class to see what that's like. And that's what this is doing. This is giving you a teaser of popping into different levels of consciousness and different classes that you will eventually experience. And I'm telling you, I love my college years. Those are the best years of my life. I party like a rock star. Love it. I'll do it again 10 times. But there were lessons there too. So, and, and, and high school had its own you know, sweetness and its own bitterness and on and on in the different experiences that I've had so far in my life. But for those audience members who are like, well, life sucks and earth school sucks. Guess what? You're not using your resources and Blue Room is one of these available resources to help you evolve your consciousness. You can, you can use it. Yeah. I mean, we have healthy people that don't have any obvious physiological issues and they're using it uh, to optimize performance. We have athletes mm -hmm. that use it to optimize them for workout recovery. We have people that are doing work in deep consciousness for manifestation. We have people that are using it to hone their body and their brain to sustain that state longer and longer and longer and come to the blue room less and less and less so, so that they can maintain that state mentally, that higher consciousness state uh, in the world with all of its day-to-day -day challenges. And yeah. that is, that's all of the masters say that it's like, you know, it's your job to bring heaven to earth, not to escape, you know, earth school and expect somebody's going to take care of you someplace else. Because, buddy, if you can't take care of yourself here, why is anybody going to want you anywhere else where there's larger, you know, in more intelligent cultures? Because yeah. you got to grow up and be, you know, be your own, be your own being. Yeah, that's true. Um, there's, there's dimensions and there's multiple realities. I mean, it, it gets it gets convoluted the higher up your consciousness goes. So if you can't handle the basics, maybe you should fig finish out the basics. And I will say this, in Rantha's time, obviously there were psyops going on all over the place and natural disasters going on all over the place. And he still was able to become an ascended master. Exactly. So, that's, that's nothing new. That's all. That's the same game. 
welcome to planet earth you know well, you volunteered yeah this is this <laughs> is a, <laughs> exactly this is a hard course to overcome but if you overcome this coursework um the advancement is is so you understand so much why why uh, the course was made the way it was so um now miss jay-z and dr matthew martinez again developed the blue room so let's see the product overview video of what we're talking about okay so we're going to go into jay-z's blue room and have a tour you guys like what i did with the shop <laughs> <laughs> The blue room works. I mean, I am walking on my knee that uh, was destroyed three and a half years ago. More fun things coming. Thank you. Bye, baby. Oh, she loves you. Come on, baby. Jay-Z Knight invented the Blue Room in 2015 with the help from her co-developer, Dr. Matthew Martinez. As a chiropractor, Matt was able to use the feedback from his hands that told him how the Blue Room prepared his patients in advance for a chiropractic adjustment. He found that his patients were more relaxed, they had less pain, less physical resistance to the adjustment, and their bodies held the adjustments he gave for far longer periods. This is the blue room. This is an augmenter of your mind. The patient will lie here, the frequency will be turned on, and away you go. In March of 2018, Jay-Z received a U.S. patent for her Blue Room invention. The Blue Room is a new environment. It bumps you into a different part of your brain and opens a door for a new mind perspective. Since the mind is the greatest healer and the mind is inextricably intertwined with DNA, the Blue Room can augment our natural healing abilities. So these rooms are designed to create an atmosphere of the Blue Realm that temporarily for a few days after your session will bring you to that stasis that point of neutral that center point that's neither one extreme or the other and it allows the body to heal it alleviates pain you sleep better and for a whole host of physical conditions that have their root in the chemistry of our emotional attitudes the body can find relief there are right now 36 Blue Room services around the planet and growing. This, the Shiva complex, we have three. We have two Italian models that are manufactured in Italy and shipped around the world. And we have one locally built model. And our latest addition in Jay-Z's vision of the future is a small scale version called Blue Pet for small animals. Next up will be the large animal version for racehorses and other large farm animals. So that's coming soon. Washington State University Pullman Veterinary College will be a part of that program for the Large Animal Blue Room. I love that promo video. <laughs> okay, so Mike, why is the Blue Room arranged in sacred geometry pattern with lightning and again, why the blue color? Why not purple or pink or, you know, why blue? Oh, uh, there is, there is a purpose behind all of it. And, and we were discussing earlier, you know, the different nested levels of reality. And you, like you said, you don't skip over from kindergarten to, to postgraduate classes. 
and so the Blue Room is designed to take uh, people who live in a polarized mental state and induce in them a stasis, a non-polarized state of awareness and state of being, to have mm-hmm. a taste of that and to be able to experience it consciously, mentally, in their body here on a physical environment and mm-hmm. sustain it for a time. And then perhaps to go, gee, I, I, I had I really, that was a really great sense of detachment, but I'm not holding on to it. What you know, yeah. what you know, what do I need to do to, to train to sustain it longer? You don't necessarily have to come back to the blue room, but mm-hmm. it introduces you to a state of of conscious existence that is um, on that journey of what you're describing as ascension, because you're ascending your consciousness, uh, which you're going to be able to do before you ascend your body, because okay. the body responds, the body follows the mind. It's listening to everything that we're thinking. And the, the mind is following the spirit, the consciousness. The, the... You have an agenda. We're, we're, yeah. we're purpose. Yeah. We are energy beings for sure. Um, sacred geometry, what pattern? I noticed that there's like a pedag- uh, what is it? octagon. Octagon, yeah. okay. So why the octagon? Why the Chrysler symbol? It's, <laughs> I'll not, say good Chrysler. it's, not, it's not the Chrysler. Wait. Okay, yeah, you're right. But why the octagon symbol of sacred geometry? It uh, There's a symmetry to it. And it also relates to uh, the Tesla sequence of 369. And I'll, mm. just, I'll just kind of tease that uh, because, like I said before, we don't put everything in the patent. And um, But the... The shape and the size, the spacing, the ratios, the geometric ratios of the unit. Is it a six-sided? Is no, it's, not, it's eight-sided. Okay, eight-sided. My Platonic thoughts are <laughs> all wonky this morning. <laughs> all right, three, six, nine, three, six, nine, three, six, nine. <laughs> all right, um, awesome. And so the the refractions that come from this specific shape um, of sacred geometry create the dimension, the, the, the quality that, that creates the, the frequency around the person in this, in the room. Yes. It, it's all designed to create an atmosphere around the couch, uh, a portal, a, a bubble, a wormhole. Uh, I'll use a bunch of different words. I'll just throw out a bunch of different words. Do it. You, yeah. can't, you can't see it. But uh, you can experience the effects of being in that uh, other environment because it alters the brain and it alters the physiology of the body at the cellular and uh, subcellular level. So that alteration is created by all of the technology. And we can measure certain elements in the electromagnetic spectrum around the couch that give us a rough, uh, you know, readings that we can use with the owners to make sure that the unit is built to the right uh, tuning. And uh, so it's not beyond uh, the ability to measure certain aspects of the Blue Room technology. Okay, so this brings up um, some understanding that I have in Buddhism and ancient folklores of Hinduism. Um, there's, there's, two, there's two concepts going on and, and and I want to get your perspective on this. The first concept is 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 come almost like the Star Trek concept of uh, portal technology. You know the 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 where they beam you up, Scotty. 
you know, they, they turn on the frequency, they put they set in the location of where they want your body, like that longitude, latitude, time, dimension, whatever, all the different parameters of where they want it to go. And then they demolecularize the person and then remolecularize them into a new location. Okay, that's what's one thing. The other thing that that's that's the, the literal portal for teleporting yourself from A to B. That's the literal. Which, as an ascended master in Buddhism, we have plenty of stories of Buddha doing this. He was actually well known for biolocating from point A yes. to point B, demolecularizing himself to another point, point in front of in front of his students and teaching some of his students. Uh, Kuan Yin does this all the time, and yep. all of the other um, female and male ascended masters in Buddhism and Hinduism. And of course, uh, as far back as we know, we've had these stories of um, going from point A to point B and physically teleporting or biolocating your body from one point to another point anywhere in the cosmos or in your hometown, whatever. Um, but there's that. You do it with your consciousness or you could do it with technology that does that, that teleports you. You could do it with a Stargate that yeah. teleports you. So there's that concept. And these are concepts that, that have been explored in Buddhism, in folklores. We just haven't um, been privy to it quite yet. The biolocation is something that everybody works on. Um, and they may get it on accident. But the other thing that everybody can do, everybody can do this, no matter where your level of consciousness is, is you can meditate and, and get to a certain frequency in yourself a higher dimensional frequency and a brain can go up to 11 dimensions of reality. We can literally access up to 11 dimensions of reality, which is what scientifically we know we can do and have measured that people can do. It's just not everybody's going to go up to 11 dimensions. They may only go up to like three dimensions of reality and that's where the consciousness stops, but they have the potential to go higher. And we know that scientifically. So the thing that anybody can do um, that we work on in Buddhism is to work on your consciousness state a meditation state to the point that you can, in your consciousness, in your mind's mind, during meditation or deep hypnosis, travel to any realms, dimensions, etc. Communicate with beings in that place, get information, and bring it. This computer. All right, so what I was saying is in Buddhism and Hinduism, there's lots of folklores and stories about people uh, doing deep meditation hypnosis, using sacred geometry meditations and others to get into other realms, to get information, and then bring them back and then do that work in the physical. So, for example, um, the piano is a great example. The piano was created from a gentleman who through astral dreaming and astral travels and deep meditation, because he was really into this metaphysics stuff as well, he went into the schools in the um, higher realms and learned about the piano and then had this idea in dreamscape that to make it, um, musical equipment using chops or kind of like the, the, the little chops on the piano. And that's and that's how he came up with the idea and it came back and then built the piano based off of his meditations and his dreams that he had had. So this happens a lot of times in history of um, being able to use this type of 
technology to get information insight from the other side and bring it back and then create it in the physical to enjoy in your life. So is that something that people have done with the Blue Room, have come back with wonderful ideas? Yes, absolutely. Uh, They take in, uh, you know, a a token, a memento, an image, something to hold their focus on, uh, that desire to retrieve information and uh, and then apply it in their lives. Yes, that's a very creative use for people who you know aren't aren't in survival and they have that creative freedom and that creative passion. Oh, that's awesome! That's so. That's something that people can use who are healthy, not just for, for wellness. That people can use just to try to kind of get access to um, different creative ideas that they wanted to to use. Um, I wonder if they're going to ever use this yes. technology to create like spaceships or teleporting technologies that any kind of relation or possibility with that well there 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 is uh this is not the only project that we're working on it's just the first one uh first of a series that's been released and so yes there there is definitely more to come because uh, jay-z has a a deep and abiding connection uh, with uh, not only other realms and other consciousness entities, but the future and a vision of, and a legacy for the future here on the earth that is, uh, you know, a legacy that's not dependent on social services and government control. Right. So that right. means uh, training individuals to to be more uh, sovereign, self sufficient, and and comfortable with being creative and and uh, contributing to society instead of consuming from society right right it sounds like there's a very high possibility that jay-z and ratha will reincarnate in some future parallel timeline to carry on um this work in a more galactic space and a wider audience um we're all infinite anyways we've had multiple existences so you have your minds around that with that's always a fun one um, okay, so let's talk about the blue pods. And it's so funny that I, I just want to mention this because um, we were offline when we were talking about the teleporting and how to use that technology and different ways to get information. Um, we, My house went poltergeist on me. I'm telling you, it went poltergeist on me. The lights went out, the internet cut off, my router blew, my husband's freaking out, like, what happened to the TV? There is no windstorm going on. There is nothing, no cable or anything. It just went poltergeist on me, and he ran off, put a new router on, hooked up everything up, and we're back online to carry on this interview. So I've never had that happen in the middle of an interview, right when we're talking about biolocating and how to do it with technology so i thought that was hilarious um but let's take a look at this congratulations um, i had something weird happen in the middle of the interview um okay so the blue room technology is also available for home use in a med bed called the blue pod so let's take a look at this blue pod i'm going to share my screen here Okay, and here is the blue pod. Let me just. Okay, let me just fix this here and put this one over here. Okay. Get this set perfectly. 
Okay, so here is the blue pod, and um, this is a cute little contraption, Mike. I love it. Um, so tell yeah. us about this blue pod that people can order and put in their homes if they choose to. The, the blue pod is designed, as you said, for home use. It's designed to be uh, shipped. It comes in seven components in a crate that you can assemble easier than, for example, uh, IKEA furniture. And mm. it creates the same atmosphere. It's uh, it's scaled according to the uh, the proportional geometry so that it provides the same atmosphere in a smaller physical space uh, right around the couch that the occupant uh, inhabits. And again, it's designed for a 20-minute session. But of course, in your home, you can do longer sessions. You have more control over how often and uh, how long the sessions are. And so it's an opportunity for people who have the resources to have it uh, in their home uh, rather than having to commute or travel uh, any long distance to get to the full size unit. The full size unit is really a business unit. It's it's not a home size, although we have sold a couple to people who have space to put a full size unit uh, in their homes. Uh, but the pod was developed as as the home use version of the technology. Uh-huh. And it's just for a single person to be able to use. So you program it, uh, there's a countdown timer, gives you time to get in, get comfortable, close the lid. And then when it's done, you open the lid and, and go about your day. Wow. Well, that's awesome. So kind of a med bed. Now, if somebody has a like a, a real injury on their body, like a physical cut or something, and they go into med bed, um, have you ever had anybody had that where they go in and what do they get when they come out? What happens to their wound? Okay, so very much like the full-scale bull room, uh, the primary work is on the mind of the mm. individual to get them to that stasis uh, uh, experience, to get them to that place of relief and lack of pain so that they no longer are adversely affecting their body and to make room for the healing to begin to occur. Um, mm. It's it's not the kind of science fiction med bed technology that everybody's hoping that one day will be released and maybe mm-hmm. only the elite have. Uh, I don't know that, you know, any of those things are true because I haven't had access to the deep levels of, you know, secret uh, military underground bases. But this is a step in that direction. So mm-hmm. uh, having it in your own home gives you the ability to induce the healing mind state that will influence the body metabolically and ultimately uh, down to the physical uh, changes that you're endeavoring to do. It's a journey. It's not, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, this is not a science fiction uh, program where you solve everything in one episode. Right. Right. It it helps facilitate the energy healing and the accelerated healing, right? Yes, it does. Awesome. Well, um, let me stop sharing here. Okay. That's fascinating. I love to see the involvement, evolving um, technology in energy medicine. So do you have a last message for fifth dimensional people of Earth? Oh, my goodness. Um, I have a question. Yeah. And and this is a question that's uh, you know, for people to contemplate. And that question is, am I sovereign? Am I a sovereign? Mm. Am I... Uh, no longer dependent upon my family, my community, my culture, my government, my nation, my, uh, you know, my connections for my own personal survival. 
Have mm -hmm. I done the work to be a sovereign creator? Or do I still have dependencies that leave me not as powerful as I could be? So if you're still living in the cities, if you're still dispending, if you're living out of DoorDash and Uber Eats, uh, if you're still living by the beach, uh, when we're on the, the cusp of great change, both culturally and uh, socially, as well as uh, the climate, then the answer is probably not. And so it, it doesn't help to collect the philosophy of ascension if you, if you aren't self-sufficient. And I don't mean survivalist. I don't mean militia of Montana. I mean, you're not dependent on others for your life. Because if you're dependent, then you're not a leader. You're not, you're not advancing yourself as well as you could. So that means being self-sufficient and being sovereign and not being dependent upon government services or social services for your basic physical survival. Because you got to take care of the body. Because if you don't have the body, you're going to have to go and come back again and, you know, go through diapers. And who wants to do that again? <laughs> wow. A wonderful message of being sovereign um, and an incarnation of source. So, um, Mr. Mike Wright, thank you again for the insight and the work to introduce the Blue Room and the Med Bed Blue Pod to the evolving energy healing discussion. Uh, for more information about where to try out a Blue Room, please visit their company website, which is blue, B-L-U, room, R-O-O-M.com. It's also in the show notes, along with the other resources of what we discuss um, in this episode. And thank you kindly to our listeners for listening to another enlightening conversation. Until next time, blessings. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Merkaba Chakras, where we talk Buddhism in the fifth dimension. For more information about today's guest, please go to the show description. For more information about Vaughn's metaphysical work, please go to MerkabaChakras.com. The views expressed today are for entertainment purposes and do not necessarily reflect the views of the host or replace any medical or legal advice. Don't forget to subscribe for more interviews about the fifth dimension. Until we meet again, blessings.